Do complex legal issues hold you back? Let's get energized and bring clarity to your top legal questions. This is Law Talk with the Flock by Guzman Law Firm. host Gina Guzman, a CEO, lawyer, author, and woman business owner here to help navigate you through the law, your business, and life as a leader. Today, we're going to continue our CEO series, and we're going to talk about some of the common mistakes that I see business owners, CEOs make. And in particular, I want to talk about a business divorce. Yes, that is a real thing. And I'm going to give you several examples and then some potential ideas to think about how you might be able to prevent a business divorce. Because let's be honest, nobody goes into a business thinking that they're going to get divorced. And what do I mean by that? Any business that has partners involved or other shareholders or other members if you're an LLC, but essentially multiple owners in a business that's not like a publicly traded business, but a, a small, medium-sized business, and you have multiple key stakeholders in the form of an ownership. So if those owners start to fight, that can result in a business divorce and a business breakup. And when those owners fight, it is very disruptive on the company. And there are many ways that this can pop up, but I know this one's going to be a surprise. Usually from what I have found, they have to do with some form of inequity or money. And when I talk about an inequity, a lot of times that this can start to fester with um, different owners contributing different resources. And by different, it might not mean the same, it might not be seen as fair, and it might not be seen as equal as far as the value goes. So if you have 50-50 um, partners or owners in a business, and uh, one puts in the sweat equity and one puts in the money, and the person putting in the sweat equity thinks that they are worth more, uh, or their time is more valuable, or their skills are more valuable than the person that put in the money, that can be a recipe down the road for a disaster or a business divorce. Uh, another circumstance would be if you're in an agreement like that and somebody is um, taking care of one aspect of the business, but another um, owner is taking care of, you know, 99% of the issues in the business. And all of a sudden, uh, if they're 50-50 owners, that can create some form of uh, out of balance. And before you know it, those partners are looking for a business divorce. It doesn't matter if there are two partners or two owners at issue, and I'm going to call them partners because a lot of times that's how people in general in business refer to them, even though legally they might have a different type of a name as far as being a member or a shareholder. So along that line, um, anytime there are multiple owners, uh, that is when you have the potential for this form of a business divorce. Um, I also see these issues come up a lot when it has to do with uh, family dynamics. I think Honestly, the majority of the business divorces I've been involved in probably do have some form of family dynamic. And that's when it goes all the way to court and people actually file a lawsuit and they want to get out of this business with each other and they weren't able to work it out. 
I think when you have the added layer of the family dynamic, egos are even more involved and um, there's some history there, right? There's deep relationships. For example, if you have brothers that are in business together, maybe there's three brothers that are in business together and that can lead to escalated emotions and um, pride gets involved in addition to the inequities that somebody's feeling and the monetary issues. Normally, all of this at the end of the day, it has its root tied back into what people think is fair or not fair, as well as money. And perhaps uh, another thing that can trigger this are spouses of the partners. Uh, The partners themselves might be getting along just fine, but their spouses aren't getting along or one of their spouses thinks that there's an inequity in their spouse's relationship in the business. And lo and behold, that starts to wear down on the actual partnership among the owners over time. Plus, uh, now let's take it a, a step further. So if we're it's beyond just, you know, the people that are working in the business and owning the business. They don't have clear communication or understanding or somebody's not holding up their end of the bargain. They're probably not working as hard or producing the results that the other partner or partners are looking for. Or perhaps they aren't putting in as much money as the other partners are. Uh, and the people putting in the money uh, think that they have more at stake and things are just not quite fair and, and working how they should. But what about in a circumstance where somebody um, becomes disabled and they're not able to work? Uh, That can also cause a lot of strain on a business. Um, Or if somebody were to actually die or pass away, uh, death can also cause a lot of strain on a business, especially if there wasn't proper planning in advance. And now perhaps the um, owner of the business that passed away, their ownership may now be held within their estate. So that spouse that might not have gotten along with the other partner, they actually might become the owner. And that creates a really big problem. And uh, certainly that then is a a situation that could be headed for a business divorce. Uh, Another one um, has to deal with any kind of disagreement. And that's really what I was uh, alerting everyone to in the very beginning of the the podcast. And I think those disagreements, um, sometimes they start small and then they can fester over time. Uh, Perhaps somebody signed a bad contract and uh, that caused harm to the business. And there's, you know, people are upset that the person that signed the bad contract, um, now the business is floundering and and had a big hit because that person signed a bad contract. And now emotions are involved and people don't think it's quite fair. And perhaps that person should be responsible uh, for that bad contract in the form of how does it um, affect them and their ownership. So lots of things that can happen. Another one I'll I'll give you an example of would be um, if one of the partners, um, they themselves get divorced and uh, they're divorcing uh, their spouse. And now uh, their ownership of the business is an asset in their marital estate and can become part of the property that's discussed uh, with the divorce court. And that can then trickle back and have different ramifications to those other business partners. And so anytime you have a business partner that's getting a divorce, um, that can then lead to trouble within your business itself. Uh, They might not have a stronger credit rating anymore as they did. So if they're personally guaranteeing some of the growth loans for the company, for example, or perhaps they now have a a new need for money because they have a second family they're going to have to support. Um, All those things can put strain and pressure on on the business. 
Um, so I think there's a lot of things to think about and dynamics that we have encountered and seen time over time um, and all kinds of circumstances. I think I've probably got a story for just about every single one of these. I've seen it over the last you know, several decades now, and uh, I could give you example after example. But okay, all this stuff can happen. So why do people even have partners to begin with? I have a number of clients that will say, I'm never going to have a business partner. Well. People do bring different skills to the table. People do have different resources. So there are reasons to have multiple owners in a company. And that can be part of how you can grow faster um, by coming together with other people. Uh, but certainly um, not having partners or not having co-owners is one strategy that I do know people use to try and avoid these issues. Um, but there are more tools. And most of the time they involve having a clear agreement with the other owners and the other uh, partners, so to speak, up front in the form of having a great, um, having great bylaws, having a strong operating agreement, uh, depending upon how your company is structured and set up. And then hopefully there's also a great buy-sell or buy-sell language included within that document itself. And that will really help um, at the end of the day if there is a dispute, if you know and you have rules or guardrails to follow, so to speak, before you actually have the dispute. Because if you don't, the backdrop usually is um, looking at the statutes in the state in which your company has been formed and is incorporated and its home state and uh, looking at that law to see what the options are. And then at the very end of all the options, it's usually filing some sort of court action to get some sort of relief. Um, and sometimes that relief is even in the form of one partner has information on the business that isn't being shared with the other owners. And uh, you might not even know what the financial wherewithal of your own company is. I've seen that time and time again as well. Um, and people just, then they, they're going to court to try and get an accounting. So if you want to avoid all of this, it's great to talk with your lawyer in advance um, of having a problem uh, when everybody's getting along and you think, oh my gosh, why are we going to spend any time on these topics? And I will tell you, it is time very, very, very well spent. Or if you're anticipating a future issue, you see something coming down the pike, um, you know, whatever that may be. Call your lawyer and start to have these conversations because if you can get a strategy in place for a buy-sell, um, for maybe some succession planning, uh, one of your partners or owners is aging and you're trying to figure out, okay, how is this going to work when we do want to buy them out? Um, start to have that dialogue and then um, finish it out until it's complete. And it doesn't have to take a lot of meetings. It might just take a couple of meetings and some documentation. Um, it's one final uh, food for thought here. Usually it's, uh, people will say, well, it's great to have uh, these things kind of thought about in advance, but how are we actually going to pay for it if I want to make something like this happen? Um, if you want to do a buyout of one of the other owners or upon a certain triggering event, we call them, of a buy-sell, it's great if you've already thought about the funding mechanism and you also plan for that. Life insurance is a wonderful tool for funding. Um, if somebody were to pass away, so is disability, because that can happen. Um, and depending on their age and so on and so forth, I think the insurance underwriters might tell you that's even more likely to happen at certain phases of life. But it's great to have those things in place as well and set up with the company and carried on um, going forward as a business expense for your business. Um, and then as a great backdrop too, it's how are we going to value the company when one of these triggering events happen? Um, there's different valuation methods that uh, people can come to terms with. You can agree to set the value 
um, and then keep it there until you readjust it on an annualized basis at one of your meetings. Uh, you can do an appraisal approach or you could do a formula approach. And those are great things to talk about uh, and talk through with your, your CPA as well as your legal counsel. And then if you're going to finance it, is this um, something that there might be a seller carryback or whoever's buying out the other partner, there might be a carryback. And you can put terms in there that it can be paid off over 10 years or paid off over five years and what the interest rate would be. And if you can prepay, so if you get financing and you're able to go get bank note, for example, or a new partner to buy in, you might want to pay off that um, former partner a little bit sooner. So lots of great things to think about and plan for in advance. Um, certainly help plenty of clients through the business divorce and uh, really have enjoyed helping clients as well pre-plan so that they can avoid those circumstances. Because I can tell you, it's definitely hard on the company. Uh, those usually aren't the company's best years ever when they're going through something like that. And it's very distracting and it's emotional um, for people that are going through that. Very similar to if you're going through an actual divorce, except um, you know, there aren't actual children involved usually, uh, but I've heard plenty of people that have given their life to their company say that, you know, this company is my baby because they've spent so much time uh, building it up and trying to make it successful. So I hope for each of you that if you are an owner of a business or thinking about starting one, that you call your lawyer and you talk through some of these issues ahead of time. With that, I want to thank you all for joining me today and have a great day, everyone. Go make it worth it. Thanks for joining us for Law Talk with the Flock by Gooseman Law Firm. We hope you feel energized and ready to soar past your goals. Become a Flock fan and subscribe to our podcast for weekly episodes. Learn more at GooseminLaw.com.